Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. I'm Tony Joe. I've been helping people buy and sell real estate here in Greater Victoria for over 25 years. And, you know, we think we've seen everything and every year there's something new. And, and one of the things that we're talking about today is how your house, it is your most valuable asset. What are the things that you need to look out for in the regular maintenance and care of your house? Because I have to tell you, we so often bump into people who have either bought their first home or they're moving from a condo or a uh, strata property, buying their first home, and nobody ever tells them what they need to look out for and how they need to manage their home. So today we have a great show because I have three guests with us. They're going to answer a lot of these questions. With us here in the studio is Dave Novak from Island Builders. Jordan Owen from Red Blue Heating and Refrigeration, and Jason Dupuy from Good Grade Plumbing and Gas. Thanks for coming, guys. Thank you for having us. So uh, we're going to cover a a lot of things today that I think a lot of people don't think about. And, you know, I was telling our guests just before coming into the studio here today, the reason why I think this is really important is because um, nobody, like I said, there, there is no course. There's no uh, instructional. Houses typically don't come with an instruction manual. And, you know, sure, we see it every once in a while. We'll have a homeowner who's nice enough to put together a binder with all of their regular maintenance things and and uh, things to look out for. But I have to tell you, in, in my years, I can literally count on uh, the number of fingers in my right hand how often that happens. So we're left with a lot of mystery. And I guess one of the biggest difficulties that happens is... W- the, the, the bad things happen before people maintain them. And I think the purpose of today is to have a conversation um, with our guests just to talk about things to look out for and uh, how best to take care of your home. Because let's face it, a house that is well-maintained, one that's well-kept, all the systems are up and running, also have benefits on the open market because typically we manage to sell them for a stronger dollar. Like a house that's been better maintained is definitely worth more than one that hasn't. So what we like to do is uh, I'd like to have an open conversation with the three of you here before we uh, we dig into things separately here. Um, what have you guys been seeing out there in the marketplace recently uh, as far as uh, items in houses that people should be looking out for? Well, I've, I've noticed uh, people need to keep up on their furnace maintenance and heat pumps. You know, uh, just as simple as things of uh, cleaning out the filters, changing your filters every three months. Um, making sure there's no debris growing around the outdoor heat pump section. Uh, very simple stuff like that. Yeah, that's Jordan from uh, Red Blue uh, Heating and Refrigeration. This is a really good point because, you know, I, I have, I'll i be honest with you, because you replaced my furnace, actually. That's right. And um, it's funny because I, I looked at my filters at some point in time, and we have pets. So I've got two big dogs, and I had two cats, and... Uh, Wow, I, I was embarrassed to see what, what those filters look like. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, mind you, on the other hand, too, n- this is something that people typically don't schedule in their they day-to-day lives. Look, right? yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, e- easy stuff like that. And then just, just even getting a, a company to come in and check to make sure the refrigerant pressures are good, the system's running efficiently, all that sort of stuff. And even... You know, making sure your carbon monoxide detectors are working, oh. all that sort of stuff. You know, th- this is really important stuff that uh, that can actually save lives and whatnot. We'll talk so, more about that. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jason? What have you been seeing out there? Uh, we're finding a lot of the homes are the hot water tanks. And uh, what we're seeing there is uh, homeowners are picking up new properties and not realizing that their hot water tanks do have a lifespan to them. And they will leak when they 
get past their lifespan. So one of the things that uh, homeowners should check is the serial number on the hot water tank will usually give you a date of your tank. And most manufacturers offer about an eight-year warranty on the tank. So if you know your tank is up in that eight-year range or or even older, you may want to have someone come in and take a look to prevent the possible flood that could happen. Yeah, because let's face it, I mean, the hot water tank is one of those pieces of equipment in your house that can really do the most damage, right? Oh, exactly. If they go, they'll they'll flood out basements. And the problem is, is a lot of them don't have pan drains that are tied to a drain in the basement. And that's part of, with all the constructions that's happened in Victoria over the years, you find that people have renovated these old homes. And in their basement, they've They've converted the basement from what used to be a storage area into a suite or into a usable space. So, so basically basements that were never meant to be lived in. Exactly. And they'll usually have a floor drain somewhere in one of the corners of the basement. And when they were built, they'd stick a hot water tank somewhere down there. But then they go and get uh, finished by the homeowners and they close the hot water tanks into a room and don't always worry about having it piped to a drain. So you only know once your floor starts floating that you've got an issue. <laughs> yes. So, you know, actually, one of the other issues that we're bumping into right now, because, you know, here we are. It's a strong market even still. We had a really strong 2016 uh, in local real estate. The difficulty, of course, is that people were buying their houses without getting inspections done. And, you know, in a a normal market, um, the building inspector has the time to look at the serial number of a hot water tank. And they can make an assessment of the age and let the buyer know how much longer they think the tank will last. Of course, the difficulty now is since there's no inventory, people are fighting to get in the properties. They're not having inspections done. Um, So, really, if ever there was a time for people to actually do research about what they just bought, now is probably it, right? Definitely. Definitely. Okay, Dave, um, you're the all-around guy as far as, you know, major systems of the house. Like, what have you seen or what are things that that cause you to lose sleep at night? Well, you know, to touch base on what you were were just uh, speaking about earlier, which is uh, home inspections. I think that's really important. Uh, Every year, our company gets numerous phone calls uh, as soon as the rains come in. Uh, with reference to flooding basements. Because a lot of the systems we have here, uh, we changed our building code uh, a few years back with reference to changing everything over to a two-drain system Mm -hmm. uh, and also waterproofing uh, as a two-part step to the foundation. Okay, so when you're talking two-drain system, we're talking about storm drain and... uh, Separated with a rain leader system because of all the water we get here. Um, And what we're finding is a lot of the systems either weren't maintained... Um, which we recommend getting camera inspection and maintaining your drain system on a regular basis, uh, at least every two or three years uh, to make sure. Also to keep any large plants, shrubs, et cetera, that have root systems that can get in there. Because a lot of the drain systems in Victoria are your old concrete or your clay systems, um, and they break down. And and this is when we see, uh, of course, we don't get a call until somebody's got water in the basement. (laughs) The basement's flooded. Um, And it's a very evasive you know, process. And if you maintain it, um, you, it's designed to have you, to give you years and years of trouble for use. Uh, the other thing we see is in our in the roofing side of things, uh, flashings, especially around skylights, um, roofs that are the, all of, a lot of the granules and stuff have come off them, and, and they look great from the street. And you get up, and you notice you got broken shingles, you've got flashings that are. Uh, compromised. These are things you should have somebody come out and take a look at. And most roofing companies, including ourselves, are happy to come out and do inspections for you. 
just to see where you're at on these you know what your life is and what the expectancy is of uh, of what you have right now. Yeah, we're definitely going to have a longer conversation about roofs because that is such an important aspect of of, of the house system, right? Yes. We're here today with uh, Dave Novak from Island Builders, Jason Dupuy from Good Grade Plumbing and Gas, and Jordan Owen from Red Blue Heating and Refrigeration. Yeah, you know, getting back to roofs, there it's it's interesting because you know you can't. So many houses, you can't see the roof or all aspects of the roof from outside. The, uh, the other part of it, too, that we bump into often is um, just from a resale standpoint, it happens so often when someone decides to re-roof their house when they have to, like, for instance, when they decide to put it on the market. And you, you can definitely tell when somebody has spent the right money on the roof for longevity right. or they've done it just for resale, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I mean... The thing with roofs are, is, as you as you touched on earlier, the roof of your house and the foundation of your house, in our opinion, is probably the most important parts of your house. You know, and these are, uh, when you're talking about trying to resell the house and people redoing the roofs, a lot of times people will, will just to get the aesthetic look, will go ahead and, and put the shingle on top of their existing shingle. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. We don't recommend that. A lot of the old roofs were done with shiplap underneath, uh, which isn't a good system. You know, they, they, they can also cause leaks. And a lot of times you don't, we've seen houses, I can't tell you, Tony, how, Tony, how many houses we've seen um, where water has been coming in and, and been in the attic for years and years and years. Yeah, well, you know, because it, actually that's another point. People don't go up in their attics. They right? don't go up in their attics. And uh, let's face it, a lot of, a lot of roofs are, are, are high slope and they're dangerous and you don't want to get up on them so you don't inspect them. A lot of the valleys uh, are leak points. Uh, there's a lot of areas in a roof that could be compromised and an inspection of a roof, especially if you've got a roof, a lot of them come with shing, uh, you know, a manufacturer warranty of 25 or 30 years and people think, well, my roof's great for 25 or 30 years. Not really the case, depending on where you are. High wind areas. We get a lot of rain here in Victoria as well. So uh, a lot of driving rain. And, and it's an area of maintenance that I think people forget about because they think it's there and, and that's and They it. think it's good. Moss yeah. is another big one. We'll talk about that. Yeah. So here we are. We're talking about home maintenance, how to make sure you maintain uh, all the major systems in your house. Uh, we're here talking with three experts in Victoria. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Tony Joe, and we're here talking real estate. Your home is your most valuable asset. How do you ensure prolonged service and increased lifespan of your major and often most expensive systems? We're here today talking with three experts uh, locally here in Greater Victoria uh, about things to look out for uh, for your at your home. Um, before we begin, though, I want to give a quick call out to an event that's coming up on March the 11th here in Victoria. It is the Victoria Real Estate Investment Expo happening at the Crystal Gardens on March the 11th. If you uh, are interested, uh, you can find them online. You could also reach me here at the station at cfax1070.com. Speaking of which, if you have any questions uh, about all things real estate, just get in touch with me. Happy to answer your question uh, on air. Uh, I'm here now with Jordan Owen. Jordan is with Red Blue Heating and Refrigeration. So, Jordan, you are an expert in uh, heating systems. Somewhat, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we talked before about the fact that um, the heating system is often one of those areas in a house that is most neglected. Yes, for in, sure. Including myself and filters that I never bother checking. Yes, for sure. It, it, uh, yeah, definitely something that... Uh, gets overlooked, especially when someone's coming into a new house. You know, they've come from a system with baseboard heating. You know, they're getting a forced air system now. Um, people aren't educated when they when they get the sale of the house that, you know, this is something that needs to be maintained. You know, filters checked, um, 
uh, refrigerant pressures, uh, all that sort of stuff, you know, should be checked at least once a year. Um, and the filters actually need to be done even more often, like three mo- every three months they should be checked and replaced or cleaned, depending on what type of filter you have. Well, it's so important because they, they talk about your furnace, your HVAC system, like the lungs of the house, right? That is correct. Yeah, I mean, it's moving air throughout, keeping the air fresh, keeping the air tempered, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be working a lot of the day and moving air throughout so, you know, th- these type of things need to be maintained. There's working, moving parts all the time mm-hmm. in these systems. So, um, yeah, it's good to know what you have for a system as well. You know, if you're having a gas furnace, oil furnace, uh, electric forced air, there's heat pumps, you know, uh, even... Hey, Ish, let's, uh, yeah. Sorry for cutting you off, but yeah, let's no. talk about that for a minute because yeah. there are your choices. You have for sure. electric, oil, and gas. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, we're talking about furnaces now, so forced right. air, heat, right? Yes. Um I guess a question people often ask is, what's the best? Uh, If you're looking for uh, efficiency, you know, a heat pump uh, is going to give you your best uh, coefficient of performance. Um, um, Gas is a very good option as well. Uh, A lot of places in Victoria still don't have gas, but they're bringing it into most new subdivisions now and whatnot. So uh, that's another really good option. But if you're comparing straight efficiency, heat pump uh, in our climate in Victoria is still definitely the most efficient. Okay, so we, we actually need to spend a moment here talking about yes, heat pumps sure. because this this is an area that yep. people really can't get their... Wrap uh, their heads around. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't yeah. because it, it's it's a... Well, explain the system. So the beauty behind a heat pump is it's it's actually just moving energy. It's not creating it. Where with a gas furnace, you're having to burn a fossil fuel to create energy. Same with an electric element. You're, you're using electricity through a re- resistive coil to create energy. Heat pump, all you're doing is essentially moving that heat from outside of the house into the house. And how you're doing that is uh, just through a refrigeration effect. And uh, if you're not having to create it, it's a lot lot easier on your energy bill than, uh, than having to create energy. And, and this is the thing, because people, when, when we think about the wintertime, yes. and it's cold outside, yes. and, and getting our heads wrapped around the fact that you can actually take heat from outside even when the temperature is like... There's heat in the air down to minus 360 degrees, so it's, it's there all the time. It's just being able to move that efficiently. You know, as the temperature gets colder outside, it makes it harder to, to, to absorb that heat and transfer it into the inside of the house. But... Nowadays, they have heat pumps that'll create 100% efficiency down to minus 15 degrees. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty, the technology is, is getting very advanced. Now, mind you, heat pumps are not an inexpensive feature. No, they, they definitely are, um, definitely are uh, expensive to install, but uh, the, the beauty of it right now is they have some fairly good grants going. If you're switching from oil to heat pump, you can get a $1,800 grant from from uh, the government, which which definitely helps, um, but yes, they they are they are a bit more expensive than your than your other systems to install. But you know, you also get the luxury of the air conditioning in the summertime. Of course, yeah, Be- because although it works to take heat out of the air in the wintertime, it does the reverse in the summertime. Right? You can remove that heat out of the house in the summer, which is a beautiful thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm here talking to Jordan Owen yeah. from Red Blue uh, Heating and Refrigeration. Uh, going back and just talking about the different types of heating, we often have people come from out of town and they come to Victoria and say, why, why is all this new construction electric baseboard heat? 
and I, I think the answer to that really is the cost. When that, when... that is correct, yeah. And and I think as time goes on, the building code will eventually change and hopefully um, get rid of that because a lot of people buying homes, getting baseboard heat, don't realize till it's, it's something that kind of gets overlooked in the purchasing process, right? And uh, we get a lot of people calling, um, uh, wanting to change this after the fact, and, and it can make things harder. Um, but there is a lot of good options available nowadays, like ductless heat pumps that uh, are becoming way more common in, in homes nowadays. So, I mean, there there still is options, and you do get grants for some of these ductless heat pumps as well. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about grants for a quick second. Yes, for sure. So we're talking government grants here? That's right, yeah. So for people that want to, for, uh, for instance, convert from... Um, oil or electric to gas so from 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 oil to gas you there is a, a one thousand dollar grant through fortis that is available and if you're going from you have to be going from oil to heat pump um, there's an eighteen hundred dollar grant available for that and then through bc hydro if you're putting a ductless heat pump in and your primary source was baseboard heating you can get an eight hundred dollar grant okay. from directly from bc hydro it's called the Hero Grant. The Hero Grant. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so getting back to the cost, because yeah. uh, again, as we just mentioned, these are not insignificant costs because you're looking at per, uh, 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 like ten, fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, right? you can be with a for putting retrofitting a heat pump uh, into your house. You know, you can be anywhere from seven to ten thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars, but you know, you will get a good payback off of that and. And especially uh, in Victoria, if you're looking for resale on your home, you know that's what everybody here is looking for is, is heat pump. You know, it's a green. We're a green sort of uh, city here, and mm-hmm. that's what people want to see. Yeah. So yeah. you just mentioned payback. I yeah. think that's really important because for sure. these are things yeah. that cost money up front. That's correct. But yeah. over time, because with your usage, it's more efficient. So my yeah. my house. Yeah. I am always shocked because yeah. I have a uh, electric furnace. That's correct. With yeah. a heat pump. Yeah. Uh, it's the heat pump that's working all the time. Yeah. The electric furnace almost never kicks in. That's right, yeah. Uh, and for the size of our house, the yeah. um, our, our, our heating cost is, is minimal. It's that, almost like, yeah. uh, it's almost like uh, the cost of a house half the size. That's correct, yeah. I mean, this year was a tough one to gauge it on. We had a fairly uh, cold winter. So, I mean, the, the, the heating systems have definitely worked out harder than they have in the past, you know, five, ten years sort of thing. But... Uh, but yeah, I mean that that's that's ultimately the best way to go for for Victoria's climate is to do the heat pump system and yeah. Yeah, and and the key again is there are there are grants that exist there. That's correct. Yeah, that you know, those are definitely helping people with the initial cost of it. And there's lots of good programs as well. Um, you know, um Snap Financial has uh has programs that help you uh finance sort of stuff and and same with Van City. They have a really good program for uh for financing it and and generally what what I kind of tell people is uh, the cost of the financing offsets the, the amount of money you're going to save uh, by putting the system in mm-hmm. and you're upgrading your home, right? Yeah, well, actually, thanks yeah. for bringing that up yeah, be- no because, because um, yeah, sometimes it's hard to come up with that cash. Totally, But yeah. like you're saying, there, there are mechanisms for people to, uh, to finance these. For sure, and, yeah. Uh, and with their savings, um, uh, it becomes really cost-effective. That's right, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and stepping back just one second here, too, because <laughs> um, you know, we're, we're talking about... Uh, 
electric or gas, sort of moving away from oil. We all know that oil was more common here years ago because we, when did we get gas here anyways? It was like, is it 15 years ago, 20 years ago? 15 to 20 years ago or so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. people are like, especially Easterners are surprised that we haven't always had gas, but most people used oil. And we spoke on this show four weeks ago about yeah. the fact that there's yeah. buried oil tanks and yeah. environmental issues there with having uh, fuel oil outside of your house. There, the, yeah. Oil can be a real nightmare for people as well, um, especially with their insurance policies. If you're having issues, uh, you know, with your oil tank, you want to get that looked at right away because, you know, an oil tank leaks under a house. It can cost you thousands and ten thousands of dollars. It can be dangerous. Yeah. Jordan yeah. Owen from Red Blue Heating and Refrigeration. Jordan, how can people get a hold of you if they need to reach you? Uh, they can call our office at 250-590-2080 or you can get me on, uh, on the web at uh, redbluehvac.com. That's great. Uh, Jordan Owen, Red Blue Heating and Refrigeration. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back here in just a moment. Your home requires regular maintenance. How can you keep it in tip-top shape? I'm Tony Joe. We're here today talking with three experts locally on issues or items in your house that you can keep an eye on to make sure you're not only uh, keeping it in perfect running order, but also maybe even helping it in its resale value. Uh, we're here now with Jason Dupuy. Jason from Good Grade Plumbing and Gas. Jason, thanks for coming. Uh, no problem. All right, so, um, you know, you had talked a little bit earlier uh, about things like hot water leakages. Exactly, yeah. And and like we said, that's, like a hot water tank is almost kind of like a ticking bomb in your house. It really is. Hot water tanks will fail at some point. That's why uh, a lot of the code that you're seeing now is requiring you'd have a pan and a drain to to an exterior drain of some type whether you're tying into your sewer with a with a trap primer so you're not getting sewer gas or you're running it directly into your perimeter drains of your house yeah. it is required and inspectors now on any inspection that they come in it's one thing that they do look at yeah. for the tank I, I have to say in in my experience we hear way more about tanks that go unexpectedly than hearing about people who proactively replace them yeah, ahead of time. Yeah, it's a pretty common problem that we see. And I'm, I'm surprised, actually, over the last few years, we've started getting more people that are being proactive because of, usually because of a nightmare one of their friends had or an instance they might have had in the past about a tank letting go. And it's always going to happen at 2 in the morning or when you're not home or yeah. when you don't expect it. So Okay, so it happened to us on Easter Sunday. Yeah. So we, we have a one of our investment properties. It's always on a long weekend. You got a call. You know, I'm going to give you guys a call. And, you know, you're on holiday as well, too. Uh, I think it would have been nice if we had this all figured out well and in advance. Right? Yeah, it's kind of a lot of people end up getting scrambling, and we'll get the calls that people have called multiple people and yeah. get our number and just are begging us to come out uh, if we can get someone out. And it's, sometimes it's not always the case. Sometimes people just have to wait without water for a day or two. So yeah. being proactive is a big thing on that. And that's a really important point because there, this is something that people don't often think about being without hot water for exactly. even more than a couple of hours. It's such a luxury that we take for granted that we don't realize that until you go home and want to have your shower at the end of the day and it doesn't work, and then you're, you're on the phone pretty quickly trying to find somebody to come out and fix it for you right now. So Exactly. You know, we, we look at some of these older houses, like we'll see some of these 1930s or 40s houses with that really old style, you know, those... those the bronze tanks. Yeah, yeah. And, and it is said that they just didn't have built-in obsolescence back then and they seem to function like is that well those tanks are most of the tanks are solid bronze and brass so those tanks really never fail they really are a lifetime tank and we're the original ones 
The unfortunate part of those tanks is they were quite small. A lot of them didn't quite even hold 30, 30 gallons, and you'd end up having to change out elements in time. And then as years progress, you can't find a lot of elements for those tanks anymore. So a lot of people have these tanks that are excellent, but they don't work anymore. And since uh, probably in the last 20 years, we started seeing glass lined steel tanks, which come, most of them come with a manufacturer warranty of eight years. And in Victoria, we see them in about the 10 to 12 year mark, they start failing. And so they're warrantied for eight, they start failing at 10, 12. The other part of that too is it depends on how many people are in the house and what the what the draw on the system is, right? Definitely usage on the house and also things like your pressure coming into the house. A lot of times the uh, the water mains and subdivisions have been upgraded, and in Victoria here you're required to have a pressure reducing valve that comes into your house to keep your pressure to about 85 psi or less. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the older homes don't have those, so when you couple the age of the tank with some heavy pressure issues that you could get fluctuations from the street it can cause them to prematurely fail. Interesting. Well, so we're talking about the domestic hot water and how um, the old the old water lines were half inch and most of them were upgraded three quarter, right? And Yeah, and that's another thing that we see with homes as well is uh, when you're coming into some of these old homes, your your feed from the street to your house was usually undersized if the home is, is quite old. So when people go to look at things like adding some extra fixtures or doing some work to their house, they're shocked to find that they have to upgrade their water main. Or adding a bathroom. Or adding a bathroom, yeah. And it's something that the inspectors and all the municipalities look for because with some of the undersized water mains in town, they use an upgrade as a time to get the homeowner to actually upgrade their... And that's not inexpensive too. No, it's not. And depending on how far it is to your meter outside and what a lot of people have really nice gardens here in Victoria, so they don't want to dig a trench out to their their water main, so... Mm -hmm. And we see that as well. Some of the other options that um, people have if their tanks are failing and they don't have drains in their basement is to look at one of the alternative ways of heating hot water, like say a hot water in demand or oh. an option like that. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to touch on that. We're here with Jason Dupuy right now at Good Grade Plumbing and Gas. So talking about hot water tanks, you know, of course, commonly we see electric fired hot water tanks, either in the 40-gallon size, sometimes in the 60-gallon sometimes the 60-gallon size, right? Yeah, you betcha. Those are typically, the 40-gallon electric's probably the most popular unit in most homes. In and I guess area. just like all things, no two tanks are created equal. Like, there's obviously different features and different, there's a reason why ones are double the cost of other ones, right? Exactly. There's, uh, from tanks out there on the market, um, I was fortunate enough, I've gone down to some of the southern states and seen some of the plants and there's some companies that take a lot of pride in the way they build their tank, and there's some other companies that are getting your price point tank. Mm-hmm. And you can see that when you shop around to see who produces what, why are some tanks a few hundred dollars less than other tanks. And there's also options for, like, lifetime tanks. Uh, Ream Marathon has a lifetime tank, which uh, it's a little bit more of an expensive tank to install, but they've done a composite-based tank, so it's not glass-lined steel, and they warranty the tank for, they say, 25 to 50 years. A lifetime is how they explain it. And all you'll have to do is change out elements in the future. So any parent knows that when you have teenagers in the house, you're going to run out of hot water because <laughs> the showers yeah. are going, right? Um, gas is helpful because gas does fire uh, quicker, does it not? It does. And that's kind of been the big push on the gas has uh, taken over on hot water heating for especially houses with uh, high hot water demand. So units like hot water and demands came around in the last probably about 10 years. They've become popular. And what they do is they usually go in the place of where the, the stored hot water tank was and they'll produce 
consistent hot water as long as you need it. So basically what it is is it's not a tank. So you're not holding 40 or 60 gallons of water in a tank. It's literally a box on the wall that the water, cold water goes in and it gets immediately heated up and hot water comes out, right? Exactly. And there's a lot of alternative facts about hot water alternative on demand. Facts. Okay. And uh, what happens with, uh, with that is uh, people are unaware of what hot water on demand is and they think they turn on their faucet and they have instant hot water. Yeah. But realistically what it is, it's just a device that is no longer storing water and it has higher BTU load than say a typical electric tank. So what happens is you require a lot more gas and when you turn on a tap, it turns it instantly turns on the hot water on demand's burner, which is a very large volume. And that will produce hot water, in most cases, in about seven seconds. Mm -hmm. Some of the units have recirc pumps to give it to you right away. You're still going to wait the same amount of time as you did to get hot water. Say if you wake up in the morning and you turn on your tap and you know it takes a minute to get hot water to that area of the house, it will still be that long to get water there. But once that hot water is flowing, it's virtually endless. Yeah. Uh, and that is, that's an important point there too, is because uh, we've heard with larger houses where the fixture is far away from the on-demand, uh, tank, it can take a moment to, uh, uh, to get that going. And you could actually install a small little, um, uh, tandem tank or something to. Yeah. There's a couple options. You can put a tank at the, the far, the farthest source from your hot water tank. You can put in these small little three gallon booster tanks that by the time you turn on your tap, you get hot water right away and then it's fed from hot water. So it pretty much recovers that tank. Yep. Other options are recirculation lines that'll run back, but in some of the older homes, it's hard to get a line back to the to the mechanical room or to where your hot water on demand is. Yeah. And hot water de uh, on demand, again, this is just like we talked about a moment ago with furnaces. It, it's a more pricey option. Right? It definitely is. You'll see them, everybody sells them now. It's kind of been a, it's it's a hotbed for, for product now. So you can buy them at, uh, at wholesalers. You can buy them to, from department stores. You really want to have the one that's sized properly for your house. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking plumbing here with Jason Dupuy at Good Grade Plumbing and Gas. Uh, Jason, if people need to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? Yeah, you can. Uh, easiest way is probably to reach us online at info at goodgradeplumbing.com. And goodgradeplumbing is our, .com is our website. Or you can give me a call at 250-686-9857. And most times if you leave me a message, we'll get back to you with in a pretty quick. Yeah. So, you know, we, we just talked with you about, uh, things like, uh, on-demand gas, hot water tanks. We talked with Jordan a moment ago about heat pumps. Um, and we have touched on the fact that a lot of these features today are definitely selling features when it comes to resale, when somebody wants to sell their house. Uh, you, you can definitely tell the difference when a homeowner has invested in, um, in systems in their home that are not only comfortable for them when they're in the home, uh, but also when it comes time to resell, um, these are things that people are looking for. So uh, definitely something for people to consider, right? Yeah, exactly. We actually started noticing, and if you look at uh, real estate ads I've caught in the last year, you start seeing when they list, they have a hot water and demand <laughs> on it, and you didn't see that before. So Sure didn't. Thanks for coming, Jason. No we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a moment. Maintaining your home can be costly. Today we're talking about ways to maximize the efficiency and functionality of often neglected systems in your home. We've already spoken with uh, Jordan Owen from Red Blue Plumbing, uh, sorry, Heating and Refrigeration, and also Jason Dupuy from Good Grade Plumbing and Gas. 
Uh, in a moment, we'll be speaking with Dave Novak here, but uh, I just want to take a quick moment and remind everyone about the upcoming Victoria Real Estate Expo, which is happening on March the 11th at the Crystal Gardens. Uh, it's the first uh, expo of its type here in Victoria. It'll bring together people who are first-time buyers, uh, people who are thinking of investing in properties, uh, just a lot of great information about real estate. So please check it out or get in contact with me through the station here at cfax1070.com. Speaking of which, if you have any questions that you would like addressed here on our real estate show, just send us an email through the station. Be happy to uh, address it at a future show. Here right now with Dave Novak uh, from Island Builders. Thanks for coming, Dave. Thanks for having me, Tony. So, you know, we talked earlier uh, about things that people often take for granted. You know, we touched on roofing uh, a little bit. Uh, uh, we want to talk about uh, foundations. The, you've seen some nasty things. I have. Yeah, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, but you probably get that phone call after an event has happened. That's usually when it, when we do get the call is, is when somebody's got uh, egress of water, flooding basement, uh, or damage to their house, yeah. And how often do you sit there, without saying this to the, to the client, but you sit there and say, you know, had they maintained these systems, I wouldn't be here. Well, I can't really blame it on the client as much. The funny thing about drain tile work or foundation, it's one of those things you don't really think of in the house. It's underground. You don't see it. You, you know, you pull up to your house, you see your house needs to be painted. You may see you need new windows. Your gutters may be failing. Everybody doesn't really realize how important the drain tile system is. It's taking literally thousands of gallons of water from your roof and all the groundwater away from your house, which is very important. And we have... Uh, a, a, large variety of different types of foundations here in Victoria because of the age of our homes from the early 1900s um, up to and including now. Uh, until we changed over into uh, into the uh, the PVC pipe, uh, we had a lot of different systems that failed. And clay as see, tile. Clay tile, concrete tile. I mean, we've seen systems where uh, the rain leaders are just just put into a rock bed, you yeah. know, that's, that they've, uh, they've... So they're, they're not connected to the city. There's actually a, a pit in the back of the house or something Correct. that's, got, that's Correct. got rock in it. Yeah. And what we get here, of course, is we, we get those times where we get a, a sustained period of rain for a long period of time, and these systems become overloaded, and they can't handle it. And people, you know, we'll get calls from people that have lived in the house for 20 years and never had a problem, and all of a sudden they have a problem. Yeah. Um, and it's always during that big rain. It's during that big rain, and, and this year was a little different because we didn't get that rain that we usually had, but what we had was was a lot of snow and as the snow started melting we started getting a lot of phone calls because now you got a lot of water uh and a lot of the snow is up against people's houses it's melting um and they're they're getting water in uh, is what we're getting one of the things i really want to touch base we see a lot of for people and this is a really easy one that most people can do themselves is uh, around the perimeter of your home you should have a six to eight inch visual uh, of your foundation a lot of people build their gardens up over the years and it gets higher and higher and higher to the point of um, where you're at the wood construction of the home as i say that gap is there for a few reasons one reason is obviously to keep the, the bugs etc out of out of your uh, out of your house uh, but also when you get an overload of water to not have that water come in and up over the, the sill plate of, of your house or, or to, to get in from the top of your foundation to, to, to where your house construction starts. Yeah. Um, so you, should, you definitely should be able to see visually a six-inch um, band around your house of the actual foundation. Absolutely. And that's one of the things that I tell people all the time. It's easy to do. Sometimes, you, you know, that you might have to adjust your garden a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you got to pull, pull the Just pull it away. Right? Just get it away from there, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other one is is that over time, 
Um, you don't have the proper drainage, or, or a lot of times things weren't, uh, they didn't do the proper drain rock systems in, in, uh, in the drain tile systems that we see. And as I sort of touched base on with you earlier, Tony, is that we realized we live in a rainforest here. We changed our code accordingly uh, to go to a two-drain system, which is one pipe uh, for your rain leaders and your gutters and another pipe for the groundwater that's down below at the footing of your place. And a lot of the older systems, most older systems, don't have that. Uh, that that type of system. In well, place. I mean, there's areas like Oak Bay, correct? Right, yeah. th- that that don't have uh, state of the art systems. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We see that all over the place. That's probably the biggest thing. I can tell you that nine out of ten times when we run a call for flooding in the basement, it's directly related to the to the drain tile or the drainage system not being uh, being adequate for the house. Yeah, we're That's here. We see. We're here with Dave Novak from Island Builders uh, about the drain tile there too. Uh, you mentioned earlier about. Uh, trees and shrubbery and stuff around. So yeah. I, I've got this massive willow tree in the front of our house, and that thing, like, we've got to stay on top of that because it has the potential of plugging up drain tiles pretty quick, right? Absolutely. And that's that's the other thing. We tell people that all the time. You get vegetation that's been there for 20, 30 years, and you don't realize that the root system itself is now growing into the drain tile, and that's where you can come in and, and have a camera inspection done. Uh, and there's a lot of companies in Victoria that, that do have... Uh, um, the uh, the technology for that the technology for yeah. uh, to be able to come in and, and and clean the roots out of your system. Great. Let's move uh, uh, to the roof real quick here because there is a staff member here at CFAX. She's been having an argument with her husband. Okay. And she's going to be listening to this. I know. Um, she says that the roof should be demossed. Uh, he probably just wants to go golfing. Okay. <laughs> so okay. so what's the answer there? Well, it depends on the the condition of the roof itself. The one thing I really want to stress to people, and I see this all the time when I drive around uh, Victoria, and 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 I'm in shock, is you never want to pressure wash a roof. Oh yeah. You never want to have anybody up on your roof with a pressure washer. It's going to cause more damage uh, than anything else. There's a lot of products that are available out there now uh, to clean your roof and demossify your roof. Um, you can pick them up at any hardware store and they work just fine. Mm-hmm. If you're going to get up there and you want to do a little bit of the work yourself where you're up there with the broom kind of cleaning it and you want to hose it off, make sure that you're always hosing off from the peak of the roof down, never up under the shingle because mm-hmm. water can get up underneath the shingles. Um, yeah, and the key, the, the key there, of course, is not ups, not unnecessarily upsetting the granules on the, the roofing uh, absolutely, product, right? absolutely. That's why we recommend either hiring a professional company to come in and do it. If you are a do-it-yourselfer and think it's something that you can do, you can buy the old, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with them, the, the back sprayers or yeah. the sprayers you use for your garden. Uh, as they sell, they, they sell uh, environmentally friendly chemicals uh, that you can go ahead and, and spray the roof yourself. You let it sit on. Some of them take effect when the rain comes in to clean them off. Others you have to hose off. Uh, this works usually But I guess the, the, the question is, I mean, other than being kind of unsightly, like why should somebody do that? Well, you're maintaining the roof. The problem with moss on a roof is that it'll lift the shingle. Uh, it, it ages the shingle prematurely quite a bit. Uh, but mostly what it's doing is it's, it's cracking and breaking shingles. It's also where it, it likes to grow in shaded areas. That's another one. If you have the ability to, to, to allow the sun in, which maybe trim a tree, that sort of thing, that's going to get rid of, uh, of your problem because the, uh, the algae or, um, or you know, it, it grows from, from the moisture and the, and the darkness. Yeah, and we see it often because when you look at a roof every once in a while, it almost looks perpetually wet in certain segments. Right, right. Yeah. And that's the way it is. I mean, even my own house, I've, I'd say 90% of my roof doesn't grow moss, but the back part of the garage grows moss. And myself, every year I go out actively and, and clean the roof off. 
Yeah. So what other areas uh, should somebody be concerned about or, or looking out for in their home? We talked about foundation. We talked about roof. Yeah, foundation, roof, windows are another big one, integration of windows, siding. This is another code that Victoria, again, has, has sort of opted over the years where we're installing now flashings above the windows and at the sill of windows. And this is to keep water away from, from getting into the house itself. Because as I say, a lot of times when we go in and we do exploratory work where we have to go in, drill a hole, do fiber optic camera inspection, we're seeing moisture integration into the house around window systems, door systems. And a lot of times... Uh, just caulking and maintaining these things are really important. Stucco, if you see cracks, if you have a stucco exterior on your house, you're going to want to maintain that. You don't want cracks or holes. We tell people it's not a great idea to be drilling holes and hanging planters and such <laughs> off stucco. Yes. These are points where or, water or, or can get Or doing their house. own electrical jobs. and, and Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, 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 you know, getting to that, having the, the proper gaskets and stuff around your light fixtures. These little things people think are, are you know, they may not know or they, they overlook it. They go buy a fixture down at Home Depot or wherever they go and there's a little rubber gasket in there. Little things like that can allow water into your house. And as I say, by the time you see it, it's usually created a substantial amount of rot in the house and it can also take it to the stage where you get into structural rot into floor systems etc that you know uh can cost you a lot of money so well, you and, be and, on top of and that. the other part of that too though is you get moisture into a wood system you can start looking at things like black mold or health related issues right exactly exactly and this is you know where we see a lot of this in the roofs leaking roofs we get up inside the, in the roof and, and they've got a serious problem with that and then you're uh, you know, you're talking a lot of money yeah. to have that sort of stuff remediated. Cool. And, and, and we had mentioned about the fact that people typically don't go into their attics. Uh, I'll be honest with you, I have not been in my attic, and yep. maybe I should after this conversation. Uh, <laughs> so Something that we see uh, every once in a while when people are in the process of, of buying their home is sometimes, you know, obviously these um, uh, ductwork that, that comes from either a bathroom fan or a kitchen or something, right. they go through the roof. Right. Every once in a while over time, the, 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 the ducting disconnects from uh, the roof uh, um, uh, vent, yes. and uh, all of a sudden you're introducing all this moisture into the attic. Correct. Yeah. We do see that uh, as well. Uh, we've seen houses that uh, it, w it never was connected, or it was connected where they just they ran a dryer hose out to the soffit area, that sort of thing. Thinking so, that the thinking that the uh, the hot air would just go out the soffit. Correct. And so again, these are things that if you're not comfortable doing it, you know, it's it's probably a good idea to have somebody come up and check these sort of things out because that's uh, that's a good thing you've touched base on. We do see that a lot more than you'd be you know than you would think. Where yeah. uh, it, that's not a good thing because that's just. Uh, speeding up the process of, of that moisture staying inside of your ceiling because all your heat rises, yeah. uh, and that's just where you get your, your, your molds. So, and this is the thing, you know, because I've often said that it's it would be a good idea for any homeowner to every once in a while get a specialist in, you know, like any of you three who are here in the studio today, to come by every once in a while and have a look at the systems just to make have a, have a look over just to make sure everything is fine, right? Yeah, it, it's you know it's no different than the, the than a building assessment they require now for strata councils and condominiums. Yeah, the depreciation report. Correct. It's yeah. the same idea. You have a professional come in and and uh, and go through the house and check these areas out and uh, in a priority so that you know what you've got there. Yeah. Uh, it's no different than uh, you know you were you were speaking earlier about people buying houses without an inspection because the market's so hot. Yeah. 
being in the business, I think that's not a good idea. I think that you should have everything inspected, you know, so that you know what's what uh, out there. It's no different than buying a car and taking it to a mechanic and having him have a look at it so you know what you got there. And this is the thing. I mean, at the very least, even if people are forced to have to buy something without an inspection, they should at least get an inspection done when they take possession of the house Agreed. so they know exactly what what, uh, what to look out for. So this is the one thing that I will actually um, uh, uh, say as far as a suggestion to anyone who's listening uh, who has a home, maybe who's just bought their house, um, sit down and work out a schedule. You've got to schedule yes. one to replace the uh, filters, right, Jordan? That's right. You know, yes. every, every couple of months, right? For sure, yeah. Um, sit down and work out uh, the schedule for the hot water tank, right, Jason? Exactly. Even just an inspection to see where you're at. Yeah. So schedule the major systems in your house, and that way you won't bump into problems. So today we've had with us um, three guests, Dave uh, Novak from Island Builders. Dave, people need to reach you. How do they do that? They can call our office at 250-475-3569, or we're on the web at uh, homerenovationvictoria.ca. Great. Uh, Jordan Owen from Red Blue Heating and Refrigeration. Again, Jordan, your contact information? Uh, you can get our office at 250-590-2080, or you can just get us at redbluehvac.com. Uh, and finally, Jason Dupuy from Good Grade Plumbing and Gas. Yep, I think the best way to get a hold of us is actually to go online to goodgradeplumbing.com, and that should give you all our links to get a hold of us. That's great. Well, uh, to the three of you, thanks very much for coming uh, in the studio today. I'm sure we've had some great information for our listeners uh, to pay attention to with the maintenance of their home. Thanks for listening. I'm Tony Joe. We'll be on the air uh, talking to Real Estate this time next week. The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.